First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 634 of First Class Fatherhood, a family-made media podcast. And I have got an absolute legendary college football coach joining me on the podcast today. Lou Holtz is going to be here with me. He has coached six different college football teams, most notably the University of Notre Dame from 1986 to 1996. And he had the historic year in 1988 where he led the Fighting Irish to a 12-0 season, taking home the national championship. He also coached University of South Carolina, the University of Arkansas, University of Minnesota, North Carolina State, and the College of William and Mary. His overall college football coaching record is 249 wins, 132 losses, with seven tie games. He is the only coach to lead six different programs to bowl games. He has so many different accolades, too many to mention here. He is in the College Football Hall of Fame, and in 2020, President Donald Trump awarded him with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He's also an author. He was an analyst on CBS and ESPN. He is a motivational guy, an inspirational guy. I absolutely love him. Uh, Honored to have him on the podcast today as an understatement. The great Lou Holtz will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Lou Holtz was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between the college football coaching legend and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, as you guys know, I have had so many different NFL players on the podcast here, but let's make the tie-in right here to Lou Holtz and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. If you go back in the archives, you'll find my interview uh, with a guy that Lou Holtz coached back in 1987, and that is Tim Brown, who went on to win the Heisman Trophy for Notre Dame and also to go on to become an NFL Hall of Fame legend himself. You'll find so many different guys like that back in the archives of the show here, a lot of different NFL Hall of Famers and NFL legends, football legends, uh, so go through there and check them all out. Be sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And if you could do me a favor, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list to let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life and where every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. You know it. Let's jump into it right now. Very excited. Honored to have him on the podcast. So let's go. Lou Holtz joins me right now on First Class Fatherhood. <laughs> Joining me now, First Class Father, Lou Holtz. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be with you. I don't think there's any greater responsibility an individual can have than being a father. Yeah, right on with that. So let's start right there. How many kids do you have? How old? We have four children, two girls, two boys. And uh, it became obvious to me that 37 years ago, that we're becoming a transient country. When I was growing up, the aunts, the uncles, grandpa, all lived on the same street. And so we decided 37 years ago, we would get together the first week of July, every year, all all 17 of us. And uh, it's a number grew, but we have done it every single year for one solid week. And what we do basically in the morning, we play golf. The afternoon, we spend the children the evening with the family, putt-putt or something. Nine o'clock at night, we have a family meeting. 
And at that family meeting, one night we'll cover our foundation, one night family business, one night on religious progress, one night on goals they have for next year. And then the last night, I will talk to the men about how to treat women. My wife will treat to the talk to the women probably about how to treat men and how to shop. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love that coach. And I, obviously you've had a, a legendary historical uh, coaching career, but then take me back to the beginning, if you could, to the beginning of your fatherhood journey about how old were you when you first became a father and how did that experience change your perspective on life? Well, as I was told by Dr. George Oliver, when our first child was born, he said, coach, the most important thing you can do as a father, always make those children know how much you love their mother. In 59 years of marriage, never once did I say a negative word to my wife or about my wife in front of our children. Now, in the bedroom, that's different. But I think that no matter what you achieve, no matter how much money you make, no matter how much accolades you receive, if you aren't successful, as a father and a husband, you have failed in life. My priority is my faith and then my family. And then, of course, football after that. But uh, it's just important to spend time with your children and to teach them to make good choices. That's all your obligation is. Teach your children how to make good choices. Wherever they are, good or better, because the choices they make. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Coach, one of the things I stress on this show all the time, I talk about a lot, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on. We got so many kids growing up in our country without a father or a father figure, and it's really leading to a lot of, a lot of devastation throughout our entire society. Throughout your coaching career, was there a noticeable difference for you coaching kids who came from a fatherless household as opposed to the kids that came from a two-parent home? Oh, absolutely. The ones that came from a two-family home were much more secure much more confident in themselves and their future. The individual had no other father. They weren't always taught how to make good choices and certainly not taught how to treat women the proper way. Yeah, and then, and then part of that, too, uh, I know faith is something that's big with you. I, I think not only has the father been removed from the home, but our Heavenly Father has been removed as well from so much of our society. And how much did you incorporate your faith into your parenting and into your coaching? Uh, how important was it to you with your kids growing up? Well, I, I think that faith is absolutely essential. You know, I'm an old man. And the one thing I've learned, you're always going to have problems. You're always going to have difficulties that there's no guarantee that everything's going to work out exactly the way you want it. And it's important that we understand that life is not being without problems because you're always going to have life being able to handle the problems as they come along, being able to focus on what you're doing and make good choices. And I don't know how people get along without a faith in God. Now, of course, that's their choice, but, Having a faith doesn't mean you aren't going to have problems, but having a faith enables you to handle them and to cope with them. In all my life, I've never had a negative thing happen that didn't turn out ultimately to be a plus if I reacted favorably to it. 
Wow. Yeah. Very well said, coach. And obviously you've been a mentor to so many young men across your career. And what, what's, what's, what's changed the most do you think about kids that when you first started coaching as opposed to today, Are the problem's still the same, the numbers just changed, the faces changed. What, what's been the biggest difference between when you first started to now? Well, when I was playing high school football, you got to remember this six years before that, my coach was on Iwo Jima. So their attitude was different. The way they treated you, the way they coached you was different. Millennials are different today. And they're very smart. But everybody got a trophy. They've never had any frustration. They've never had any disappointment. It's always gone their way. But what you say to a millennial is important. But what you say is not near as important is your tone of voice. And your tone of voice not near as important is your facial expression. The matter I get today, I would smile, say, Jim, that was a dumb thing to do. You have no idea how upset I am and how unfair that is to your teammates. But come Monday, you're going to learn it. You smile. You must criticize the performance. You never want to criticize the performance. And there's a difference between the two. Yeah, well, wow. how about as far as disciplining your children? Was that the same kind of philosophy you had with disciplining your children? What type of disciplinarian were you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? I never disciplined my children. All I ever did was enforce the choices they make. You don't do your chores during the week. You're going out on the weekend. That wasn't my choice. They made that choice when they chose not to do their choice. So understand that actions have ramifications and I am going to enforce the choices you make. It's all about choices. Whatever happens to you, choose to do drugs, drop out of school, join a gang, get tattoos from head to bottom. You're choosing to have difficulty in life and stop blaming me for the choices you make. I didn't do that. Those are choices you make. It, it does seem like, Coach, right now in, in our culture, it seems like personal responsibility has been pushed to, to everybody else, and it's never the individual today. I, I know just for myself, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict myself, and I know that I blamed everybody and everything except myself, and until I turned it on myself and took the responsibility for that, that I begin the process of starting to heal that. But it seems like today, more so than ever, nobody wants that personal responsibility. They seem to, to put it on to everybody else. Do you see that? Oh, absolutely. Great observation. First of all, I want to congratulate you on making a choice to beat alcoholism. I know that's not easy. I have other friends that have joined Alcoholic Anonymous that changed their life, but that's not easy. But it goes back, and I don't wish to criticize anybody, but, but the liberals came along and it's always somebody else's fault. It's the school's fault. It's the coach's fault. It's the society's fault. Wherever you are, it's because somebody else. Instead of saying wherever you are because of the choice that you make, you choose to do bad things, bad things are going to happen to you. But instead of teaching them to take uh, ownership of the choices they make, they're taught to blame somebody else. And that's why we are in the situation we're in. There's, there's no doubt about that, Coach. And obviously, there's so much 
Well, I don't think we've ever been more divided. I mean, as, as as a society as we are right now, and it seems to all point back right to that. I know recently we had the whole thing with the student loan forgiveness, and again, I think that was another form of an example of pushing the responsibility onto somebody else for you not being able to do it. Do you, do you find any kind of now because obviously we're in a politically charged atmosphere? Do you find that your beliefs get more challenged as a coach when you connect with these young kids? Is that a barrier that you got to overcome? Well, I think that it's a fact that the media is anti-Lou Holtz as well as other people because I, I'm one of these old-fashioned people that believe you are responsible for your life. Nobody else is, and that bothers the media. That bothers the uh, the liberals. They want to be able to blame somebody else, and, and so they're going to attack you. This idea, you take out a loan, you, you take out a loan, meaning you're going to pay it back. That's all. How about car loans? How about uh, credit card loans? We're we going to get rid of those as well. And you think of how many people that went to college and took out a loan and repaid it, and yet they are going to get any rebate or anything else. Let, let's just let people, let's step aside and let people take charge of life. What made this country great was personal responsibility and people being able to decide for themselves what choices they were going to make. There used to be a country that I lived in that was very free. You could do anything you want, but if you made mistakes, you had to pay the price of it. Uh, I, I never wore a seatbelt, but I understood. I rode a bike without a helmet. I shot a BB gun. But you understood that if you make a mistake, you're going to have to live the results of it and not blame somebody else. But it's always about being able to blame somebody else. And if you feel that wherever you are, you are because of what somebody else did, the choices they make have put you there, then you are going to believe only they can get you out of it. But when you understand wherever you are, good or bad, it's because of choices you make, then you will come to the conclusion that you and you alone can change where you are today to where you'll be five years from now because of choices you make. The only thing that changes are the choices you make the people you meet and the books you read. But it's unfortunate that everybody is a victim. Nobody's held responsible for what they did. Somebody else will correct it. And that is not what made this country great. I hate to say that, but it's a matter of fact. And I'll discuss that with any liberal in this world. I grew up where there was no welfare, no food stamps, no safety net. But we took care of one another. Neighbors took care of each other. Family took care of each other. And eventually he found a way to succeed. Yeah, very well said, Coach. And I think just as a father, too, one of the most difficult things, too, is to watch our kids fail, even though we know it's necessary. Almost like with my daughter with reading. If I sit there and read every word for her, she's never going to learn to read it on her own. And I feel like if we do these things for them, we kind of cripple them in a way uh, when we solve their problems for them. I know when I was a kid, we didn't have all these organized sports that we did today. We kind of we always picked the teams. We made the rules. There was no refs, no coaches. Absolutely. And we, we kind of learned those skill sets. It's like I saw a cartoon a long time ago. It said, the young man come running up to his parents and said, oh, we just invented the great escape. We didn't need empires. We didn't need uniforms. We didn't need pairs. Other than that, it was just like baseball. You went out and you learned to play the game yourself. And having a love for your children, having a love for your athletes, having a love for your employees does not mean you make their life easier. What it does mean you're going to teach them how to be successful in the long run. And there are going to be times where you fail, where things don't go well. 
but you learn from it, you benefit from it. And quitting is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Wow. Yeah. Oh, really great coach. And, and I know you, you mentioned there too, about uh, teaching your kids how to treat women. I, I, my old, I have four kids myself. My oldest is 16. So I'm right on the onset of all these chapters to start in my own journey with it. They're not into the dating scene and all that yet, but what kind of advice did you give your kids when it came time for them to start dating? To make sure you treat women the right way. And men and women are different. Men are physical uh, excuse me, men are visual, women are emotional. And understand that difference and treat them the way you should. I expect you to treat them the way you treat your mother. Show them dignity, show them respect, never take advantage of them. Do not use your strength or anything else along that line. Don't make bad choices And how you treat women is an important choice you make every day. And there aren't enough people that work with their children on how to treat women. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. I, I, I see that myself all the time. And I noticed, too, you had a viral video last week there with the newspaper trick. And I've seen you do that once or twice over the years there. So I, did it still have the same impact on them kids? They didn't see it on YouTube before? Did it kind of catch them off guard or what? I don't do it as often, but I usually do it if, Young people haven't seen it before. The problem is you could make a great talk to them about making choices, etc. You do the newspaper trick, all they talk about the newspaper trick. They forget everything else you covered with them. But uh, I don't do it to fool them. I do it to entertain yeah, yeah, and you do get a, a valuable lesson across, too, as, as you're doing it, which I always think is great. And obviously, you're going to go down as, you know, a, a legendary coach, football coach. Your, your, your legacy is secure in the football world. But what do you hope your legacy is as a father? I just think that, you know, when I received the mental freedom, I, I said at that time, there are other people more deserving, other people who deserved it, but nobody could be more appreciative. But the middle of freedom doesn't define who I am. It doesn't change who I am. Who I am is defined by my actions and by how my children react, how they handle their lives, how they do things. That's how you determine what you've done in life. And no matter what you achieve in this world, if you aren't a good husband or father, you have really, truly failed in this world. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. What's, I know we got the football season coming up here. What's next for you, uh, Coach? Are you working on any other books? Anything else coming up for you? Any projects you're working on? You know, my children try to get me to write a book on my phil phil philosophical approach towards politics. I haven't done that yet. But I, I, I do a podcast on uh, pro football and college football yet. And I do a TV show. I, it's a 20-minute segment on the show about college football, what's happening, et cetera. So the game changes, yet in essence, it really doesn't. It's still about blocking, tackling, fundamentals, accepting your role, playing together, putting the team's welfare ahead of your own. And somebody said to me, well, you took the names off the jerseys. I said, well, they were lucky I didn't take the numbers off. That ND on the jersey, that's all matters. You don't play for yourself. You play for your teammates. 
Yeah, I, I love, listen, you, obviously you're a great motivational speaker. I, I listen all the time. It's the only thing I really listen to when I'm in the car is like Jim Rohn and Les Brown and Zig Ziglar. And I got you in the rotation as well. So uh, I, I think you, you really have a great way of getting across these philosophical ideas. And, and it's definitely um, something that I look forward to when I get a chance to listen to what you have to say. And it's meant a lot in my life. So I just wanted to say thank you for what you do. Well, you you humble me. I just try to do the right thing. I make a good choice. Follow three rules. Do the right thing. Do the best you can. Not everybody be all American. Not everybody be all conference. Not everybody be first team. Everybody can be the best they're capable of being. And rule number three: show people you care. And if you do that, you're going to build a trust. You're going to build a commitment to excellence. You're going to build a love in the organization. And we're not talking about nuclear physics. We're talking about something simple. Yeah. And I know that'll probably apply to this last one here, Coach. But I love to ask all the dads. You touched on it a little bit here. But I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Cherish it. It's the greatest responsibility you can have. And it's not just about raising that child. It's your son. It's about also having him learn to respect his mother because you do. And see, if you don't have respect in a family, you have no chance. If a young man doesn't respect his mother or you, he's not going to respect teachers, he's not going to respect elders, and he's sure not going to respect the law. These were things I was taught at home, but they were also reinforced in the school. You were taught to respect the military, you were taught to respect the law, elders, and certainly coaches and your parents. Unfortunately, that is sort of gone astray. And I, I, I think just go back and raise people and your children on the facts you believe in. And to me, the conservative values are still the most efficient. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. There's been an honor for me. I got to say, Coach Lou Holtz, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for having me. I'm flattered and humbled and appreciate it. God bless you and your listeners. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.